Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, um, I've been uh, doing more and more uh, Instagram because I've been, you know, thinking I'm ready to maybe start doing something like that. But I noticed that everybody looks so good on Instagram. And, and, and it's like everything looks so peachy and so punchy and everything just seems so perfect. Uh, and then I think, how many times do they practice that shot to get that picture on there and stuff like that before it's okay? And, and the pictures just come in and then sometimes we'll get an Instagram and we're with people that are in that picture. And what's the first thing you do if there's a group of a picture and you know that you're in that picture? You click it and then what do you do? You open it up, and you see, you magnify it, and you see how, everybody say, you look. Because you want to look what? You want to look good. You want to look good, man. You want to look outstanding. Um, If you see a picture um, put on the screen this morning, uh, this is Carmen and I. Drop the lights down, because you got to see, this is like a really good. (laughs) I'm teasing. um, But, um. I want you to look at that picture, and first of all, you got to love that picture, especially if you're a balding man. Look, look how those trees just perfectly make that black hair go on the top of that head. Are you all with me? Look at that. And, and man, I, I was able to suck the gut in just perfectly. And the black just seems like it's draping off, and there's no, there, there's no kettle on the belly. And man, hey, to have your arm around something like that, somebody say, yeah, buddy. Come on. Easy now. Let's don't get carried away on that one. Uh, You can bring the lights back up. Um, You can bring the lights back up. We've enjoyed that long enough. All right. Hey, can I be honest with you? This is something I do as a pastor. Um, I struggle with anxiety and I struggle with depression. Uh, To be honest with you, I even went to the men's thing the other night and I lost my phone and I went outside and I realized that 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 I was anxious, and, and I'd probably had enough of noises and, and crowds of people and things, and I just knew it was time to, to shuffle on. Uh, I'm not ashamed of that. Um, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to say that because I, I think it's something that, that happens. But the, honest, um, the honesty of that picture is I had had a terrible night uh, where I didn't sleep very good, and, and things were, were, was hitting my mind, and and some things were going on back here at the church that I was worried about and thought they were spinning out of control because all these fears and stuff and all this stuff that's not even real just fills your mind. Don't think, don't think pastors don't deal with that too. The, the difference is that I don't lay down and take it. The Lord has showed me how to fight it and how to overcome. In fact, what psychology and people are finding out, I'm like, geez, you just got to look in the Word. They've, God's had this thing figured out for years and if we'll just apply what God tells us, uh, we'll get better results because we use his word and not, uh, the, not things that the world would tell us to do it. But a lot of things that the world tells you to do, they line up with the, with the word. But, uh, but and the truth of the matter is I didn't even really want to go out to eat that night. I didn't want to be with friends. Um, that, that, the, the beach was right behind us. Um, the truth of the matter is we went to Bahama, Tommy Bahamas for dinner. I was coming out of my skin. 
I was coming out of my skin. My, my lip was sweating, and I, 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 I couldn't wait to get away from there. Uh, I couldn't even enjoy the food because I just felt like I was coming out of my skin. But the picture looked like, man, look at Pastor Brian. He's having the time of his life. And I got into this deal where I thought everybody's okay. I was talking to a millennial the other day, and I said, man, I don't know how to win millennials because it just seems like everybody's okay and everybody's doing so good in life. And, and they, it really seems like that there's not an understanding or like a need for God or church anymore or something like that. And he said, are you serious, Pastor Brian? And I said, yeah. I, I even said if, if, if I had to put a percent on it, I would think that millennials uh, that, 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 that I, it just seems like to me in looking at you guys and, and looking at, at Instagram and stuff and, and seeing you at church and seeing you doing your, your, your daily lives and things, it seems to me about 90% of you are like, man, it's great. And he said, oh, no. This person told me the truth of the matter is we're all screwed up. We are all so stinking screwed up. That's why we're addicted to partying we are one of the most partying generations there are that's why we have to live on social media all the time uh, we're scared to death of silence and solitude we're scared to death when something's not going on with social media we're, we're scared when the silence happens and there's nothing going on and there's things that we can't be doing on our phone to keep our minds busy and to to keep us active and engaged so we don't have to deal with the emptiness that's inside and i said Oh, yeah, that sounds like me, a 50-year-old. You know what? I don't believe, I believe it doesn't matter what generation you're in. Whether you're a millennial, whether you're, whether you're a generation X, whether you're a baby boomer, whether you're a builder, whatever generation you are, the generation Y, generation Z, whatever generation you are, I believe that we all need God and that everybody's not okay and that takes us to our stories today where the Egyptians were slaves. They were under brutal slave drivers. That sound like your life where you feel like you're under brutal slave drivers. Hoping that these slave drivers were like, man, I'm just going to wear them down and try to crush them. I don't want them to have any kind of joy or, or happiness. They forced them to build the cities of Python and Ramesses as the centers for a king. The, the Egyptians worked them without mercy and he tried the Egyptian. Egypt signifies sin in this world. They did everything they could to force them and let their lives be bitter and to keep them busy and occupied and working and, and putting demands upon them. Think about the demands that you put on yourself. Think the demands that come in your mind that you put on yourself and expectations that you put on yourself. Well, years passed and the king of Egypt died. The Bible says in Exodus 2, 23, and they, and, but they continued to groan under this burden of slavery. They cried out for help, and their cry rose up to God, and God heard their groanings. And he remembered his covenant promise, and I love how the song talked about it today that we sang. With Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or it was the reading, I believe, the Advent reading. He looked down on the people, and listen to this, he looked down on the people and he knew it was time to do something about it. I'm telling you, I believe that everybody has a groan. 
I believe that everybody has something that they that, that, that the taskmaster's hitting them with and the master, and there's something in your life that seems bitter, or something in your life that you seem like you're being crushed and you're being overwhelmed. But God, what I want you to hear today is that God hears your cry. He hears your groan. You know something that always fascinated me? After Jesus fed the 5,000, he sent them out in a boat, and he went up on the mountain to pray. And the Bible says at it, 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 3 o'clock in the morning, it says that Jesus saw that they were in a storm. How did he see that they were in a storm? He was clear up on a mountain, and they were out in the middle of a storm that you couldn't see 20 feet because it was raining so hard and the wind was blowing. But Jesus saw them and went walking on the water to them. He sees people in their loneliness. He hears you when you groan. He, he's there when you cry. He's there when you're bitter, when life is bitter to make life sweet. He hears it. And I want you to know that he acted upon it 2,000 years ago when he sent his son Jesus Christ to come into this world. In our Bible story today, he heard their cry. And in this one, he sent Moses, which is a type of Christ. And Moses said, if he said, what child is this? They would say, Jesus. What child is this? They would say, Jesus, my deliverer. A deliverer has come for you. So Moses gets an appointment with Pharaoh that was holding them in slavery and bondage. And he says to them, I want you to let my people go. Now, everything that Moses did, I want you to think a parallel while I'm preaching. Do it with your own mind. I want you to parallel Christ to it. Moses went up and said, I want you to let my people go. Jesus, 2,000 years ago, said, I want, to let, I want you to let my people go. 2000, or clear back in Moses' day, God decided he was going to do something about it. 2,000 years ago, God decided, I'm going to do something about this, and he sent Jesus Christ. Okay? He, 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 so he said, let my people go. Pharaoh was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> that ain't happening. No way. I've got them, and they're staying under my grip. Again, Moses represents Pharaoh, or Jesus. Pharaoh represents Satan holding people in bondage. And Egypt represents this. Sin, slavery, death, dec decay, destruction, pain, whatever you want to call it. So Moses left Pharaoh that same day. The Bible says in Exodus 5, 6 through 9, that same day, Pharaoh sent an order to the Egyptian slave drivers and his foreman, and he said, don't give them anything for their bricks. Make the people get it themselves. Require them to make the same amount of, of, of bricks. Don't bring the quota down. Make it tougher on them. How many ever feel that things are made tougher on you? Make it tougher on them. They're lazy. That's why we're crying out. That's why they're crying out, go and make sacrifices to their God. Load them down with more work. Make them sweat. And then, listen to this. That will teach them to quit listening to lies. You know, the enemy, will, when you start getting hope that your life can change and that God really can help you, the enemy will come and he will plant lies in your head just like this to where that Pharaoh or the enemy that wants to keep you right where you're at in your place that you don't want to be, he'll, he'll try to get you don't believe a lie that God can help your marriage. Don't believe that lie that God can set you free from addiction. Don't believe that lie that God can help you through whatever you're doing. Hey, I told you I was challenged with anxiety and depression, but I didn't tell you I'm anxious and depressed. 
Jesus sets me free on a day-to-day basis, then I live a life of joy. I, I live a life of joy. I don't believe the lie that you're always going to be that way. I believe the truth that Jesus sets me free. And I live in joy. I live in a joy, but sometimes I do have to get up and say, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And sometimes I do have to get up and say, hey, Brian, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank Him for the answer. And when you do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your mind and will guard your heart in Jesus Christ. Whatsoever things are pure, honest, good report, virtuous, praiseworthy, if there's anything good, think upon it. Put your mind on that and think about it. I do have to do that. That's called eating the lamb, which we're going to preach on in a little bit. That's called eating the Word. Eating the Lamb which sustains you and nourishes you and helps you to be an overcoming people. But don't listen to that lie that says your life will never be any different. Your life will never be any better. Don't believe that lie. That's the enemy trying to crush your spirit and to distinguish, to to put out a hope inside of your heart. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. Don't grow sick. Don't don't draw weary. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Don't draw weary in well-doing. For you shall reap. Somebody say, I'm going to reap. You shall reap. You shall reap. You shall reap. You're going to reap if you don't give up. Brothers and sisters, If you sow seeds of the Word, you will reap a harvest. Again, the Holy Spirit keeps putting me on point number two. That's point number two about eating the lamb. Eating the Word. When you sow the Word, when you plant... I'm a farm boy from Missouri. When you plant the Word, you reap a harvest. Whatever kind of seed you plant is the kind of harvest that you're going to have. So if you want to align yourself with Satan and his lies and his deception and his destruction, then you will line your confession of your mouth up with his confession that says you will never amount to anything. Your business will not happen. You, you, nobody's ever going to love you and want to marry you, you that are believing for a husband or, 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 um, or, or you that are believing for a wife. No one could ever love you. Don't believe those lies. Don't believe that you're always going to be addicted. Don't believe that you're always going to to be underneath and never above. But as you continually sow seeds of the Word of God, and you eat the Word of God, you eat the Lamb of God. Jesus was the Lamb of God made flesh. Spirit, flesh, spirit. Jesus was spirit made flesh. And we're going to read just here, we're going to read here in a minute how we're to eat the lamb at Passover. That means that we're to eat the word of God, that we're to eat the teachings of God, that we're to die, that we're to 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 eat those to be nourished and sustained. We're to eat the lamb. And when we eat that, when we eat the lamb, when we eat the word. It's like planting seeds that harvest is going to put, put, come out. Whatever you plant, you're going to harvest it. 
Don't, don't believe the lies. Don't believe those, those lies that really hit me, that I will teach them to listen to these lies. Brothers and sisters, they're not lies. How many believe that God has a good plan for your life? That God has a successful plan for your life? Start getting in agreement with God instead of in agreement with Satan. Because whenever two people agree on this earth as concerning the things, it, when you agree with something and you believe something, then you're coming and agree with it, then that's going to establish that in your life. Quit agreeing with the devil. Quit agreeing, quit believing the lie that you've messed up and, and, and you're never going to have a life with someone new. Or you're never going to have a, a successful business or you're never going to move up in your company. Whatever it is, quit believing those lies. And start believing the truth. And align your confession and your word with the truth. Because spirit, Jesus was spirit who became flesh. Spirit, flesh, spirit. Spirit became flesh. Reality. Real. Natural. You could touch him. You could feel him. So the word of God, when Jesus came, the word became flesh. And dwelled upon amongst all of us. Uh, that's John chapter 1 verse 14. The word became flesh. It became alive. It became tangible. It became real. Uh, he came as a human. The word became flesh. Brothers and sisters. When the word. The spiritual word. Becomes. When you eat it. It literally. The, 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 the word literally. Becomes real. And alive and active to where it produces a spiritual result in your life. I was on the treadmill the other day and I heard the Lord say, spirit, flesh, spirit. The word that we read is spirit. But when we put faith in the word and we digest that word and we believe that word. The Bible says in Mark chapter 11 verse 24, it says, whatsoever things you desire, whatsoever things you desire in prayer, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. If you don't know any scriptures today, know that one. Whatsoever things you desire in prayer, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. All right, well, what's that mean to you? Um, some of the things I ask for, what's everything you believe in prayer? Here's things I say, Lord, I believe for wisdom. Lord, I, what's everything you desire? What do you desire? What's some of your desires, Pastor Brian? Uh, you don't ever hear me asking for a car or a house or money. Never. I don't ever ask God for those things. I mean, not that I couldn't. I just don't. But I do ask him for wisdom. Do ask him, give me understanding of the word. Help me to understand people so I can articulate your word in a way that people will hear and respond to the gospel message. Whatsoever things you desire, I just desire to be able to, to preach a message that people will want to be saved. I don't even desire that for the church to grow. 
I don't even desire that so everybody can be like, wow. I just desire that because I want you to be happy. I want people to, I want to depopulate hell and populate heaven. So whatever I desire in prayer, then I start believing that I have it. And I quit saying I'm dumb. And I quit saying I can't understand things. And I quit saying I can't memorize anything. And I quit saying uh, uh, that I'm not book smart. And I start saying, Lord, I thank you. I have the mind of Christ. That I'm filled with his thoughts, his purposes. And just as Paul understood things, I have that same understanding. I have the understanding of Christ. I have the, the, the Bible even says that God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, would give you the spirit. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. I pray for those things, but then I believe that I receive them. I believe that I receive them. I ask the Lord that my mind would hear him when I preach, and I tell him I'll follow him wherever he tells me to go. I, I, I ask him to make me clear and articulate what's everything you desire in prayer, and then I believe that I receive that, and I have it. What are you believing the enemies lie about? Take that same example. Whatsoever thing you desire. If you desire to be married, that's a good thing. If you desire to have a good job, that's a good thing. If you desire to do well in school and pass tests, if you desire to be the best athlete on your team, if you desire to have a husband, if you desire to have children, if you're sitting here and you've had, and, and, and you've, and you've had miscarriages, and you've had uh, uh, um, disappointment after disappointment. Don't, don't be the enemy saying, I'll crush them with unbelief and they're never going to. No. Believe that that's a blessing that God wants to give you. And don't be afraid to have that desire. And don't be afraid to believe that God can do it. Don't be afraid of that. The enemy will try to make you afraid to, to be and to what God's called you to be, to do what God's called you to do. Are you all with me today? Believe. But, but these guys, uh, but, uh, he wanted them to teach them not to listen to these lies. But God said, then, then the Lord told Moses, now you will see what I'll do to Pharaoh. When he feels my strong hand, he's going to let him go. When, when, when Satan felt Jesus' strong hand, he's going to let him go. Therefore, I say to the people, I'm the Lord your God. I will free you from your oppression. I want you to get that personally to you. This is, uh, this is Exodus chapter 6, 6 through 7. You guys have that up there. Uh, I will say to the people of the Lord, I am the Lord. I will free you from oppression. I want you to see that for yourself. I will see you free you from oppression, and I will rescue you from slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm. And great acts of judgment, I will claim you as my own people. I mean, if you could see that on the screen, look at all the I wills. I will be your God, then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from this oppression. So through all this, through all this, the Lord instituted the first Passover. Don't try it now, guys. I'm past it. Then Moses, then Moses directed the people to do something that they might not have understood why they had to do this, 
but they trusted and followed the, the directions because they wanted their freedom. And they instituted the first Passover. We're going to do communion today. The first one happened in this story that you, I'm going to have you guys read that story yourself in Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 through 14. Okay, you can read the first Passover story. But here's what I want to say to you. Listen to me. Here's what I want to say to you. If you're a person that you've cried out a pain or you've cried out something and you heard me say God hears you and all that stuff, you heard, you heard all that. The next thing you have to do is you have to do first things first. What God did is he instituted the Passover. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to read uh, some of this. While the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, this is Exodus 12, verse 1 through 14. It, it says, while they were still in Egypt, it said, from now on this month will be, I want you to see this, the first month of the year. What I'll do is I'll change up a little bit and I'll try to preach this as I'm reading the scripture. But I want you to see it says it's the first month of the year for you. Passover, when you celebrate communion, it's like saying this is the cornerstone or the beginning point. If you're sitting here and you're saying, hey, you hit me today, you pegged me, I'm not happy. Well, the first thing you got to do is you got to celebrate the Passover in your life. First things first, you got to get Jesus Christ into your life and quit living life without him. That's the first thing you got to do. That's the building block. It starts with Christ. First things first. He said the first thing, first month of the year, announced to the community that on the 10th day of the month, each family, everybody say each family. That means each person must, you must choose the lamb. And John 1.29 says, when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. So first things first, if, if, I, if, if you say, hey, pastor, you hit me. First things first, as I'm telling you, you may not understand it. It may not make a lick of sense. And you say, why Passover? Why blood? Why all that? Don't worry about understanding it right. Just put your faith in God's word today, and you'll understand it better as you begin to go on in things. But first things first, if your life's miserable, first things first, choose the lamb. Choose the lamb. Choose the lamb. Everybody say, choose the lamb. Choose the lamb. And, and I love this. If a family is too small to eat the whole lamb, I love it how it says if the family's too small. That, in other words, the lamb's always bigger. The lamb is always bigger than your problems. The lamb's always bigger than your circumstances or your situation. Somebody say, the lamb's always bigger. It's never if your family's too big and the lamb's too little. I love it how the Lord says, if the lamb's too big and your family's not big enough to eat it, the lamb's big enough. Woo, glory to God. I think we need a hallelujah. If the lamb's too small for the whole, share it. I like this, share it. Share the lamb. How many of you need to share the lamb? I shared the lamb with my brother who was an alcoholic and who couldn't, he, he, he went to bed with skull in his mouth and he, and, and, and he drank all the time so he wouldn't have to be sober. In 1987, when we had three phone lines, I hear my brother when I'm calling mom and dad and telling them about Jesus and good things at Bible college. I hear my brother say, mom and dad, hang up. 
and I got to share my lamb with my brother Kent. And my brother Kent's a pastor of about 600 Methodists in Missouri now. All right? Because I got to share my lamb. I got to share my lamb with my other brother Mark. And my other brother Mark's a pastor now in Missouri at an Assemblies of God church. I got to, who can you share your lamb with? How many know, first of all, he's big enough for you? And then there's enough for your neighbor. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. The animal you select must be a one-year-old male. By one man's sin, sin came into this world. And you can read about all this. If you want to read about these two things, it's Romans chapter 5. Read the whole chapter. But one man started this whole mess. And one man, Jesus Christ, came and took care of this whole mess. And he bought back our freedom by the Lamb. Amen? So that's why it said it must be a male with no defects. And when you think about no defects, um, even prophecy uh, on, the no, on the no defects, the chief priest and Pilate and Herod, they, they all try, inspected the Lamb. Jesus, they all, and, and they said, man, we can't find any fault in this man. The Ananias and Caiaphas, the high priest, they inspected Jesus. Judas, the betrayer, the innocent, innocent man, said, said, this is an innocent man. The centurion said, that's the son of God. The repentant thief said, this man hadn't done anything wrong. When we examine Jesus the Lamb, how many of you say, there's no blemish? There's no blemish. There's no defect. And the reason there can be no blemish and there can be no defect is because what the lamb is is a substitute. And it's called sin offering and peace offering. You don't, need, don't even worry about it. Just believe it. Okay? If you're hurting today, believe it. Your way's not working. And I'm telling you, how many say this way works? Come on, I need a better witness than that. Come on, 10 o'clock. It, we got a better, it, it's, it's good, all right? Um, so, so what happens in the sin offering is our hands are placed on the head of the lamb, the innocent lamb that has no defect. So today, when we do communion, it's like you putting your hand on the lamb and your sins are transferred to that lamb and then that lamb is killed. And then you transferred it and that lamb's innocence is given to you that's a great exchange and you get to walk away free that's what we're celebrating through jesus christ all of our the bible says that all of our sin and iniquities and transgressions fell on jesus right are y'all with me and by his stripes we're healed amen we're we're we're, we're set free okay so so that's what happened and, and then it says um uh, on the 14th day of the month uh, the assembly must slaughter the lamb I think the Jews get a hard rap saying, you guys killed Jesus. No, the lamb that we chose, how many knows that our sin killed Jesus? Can somebody say my sin? My sin. That, that's the key part there. It says that the community, they must all slaughter their lamb. Their lamb. They are to take some blood and smear it on the sides of the door frame. What that's significant of is your heart. Your heart, Jesus takes possession of your heart and blood is smeared. It was smeared on their houses. You guys know the Moses story. 
you don't, you can read it. It's in Exodus chapter 12, 13 and 14. You read all about it. But you put Jesus' blood on the door of your heart. How many know that Jesus is standing at the door and knocking? Revelations chapter 3, 20 says, if any man hears his voice, they'll open up the door and ask, everybody say, the lamb to come in your house. Hey, I skipped over it, did you, but did you see, listen, did you see they picked the lamb the 10th day, but they didn't kill it till the 14th? The lamb lived with them. It became like a household pet. It became something they loved and adored. Jesus came as a human who understands, and he, he's, you invited, you invited this lamb. You invited this lamb, and you took this lamb in your home, and four days later, that lamb had to be slain. The one you take in your home was slain for you. And now his blood goes upon the doorpost of your heart. Listen, here's why. So that the power of sin is broken. The, 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 the sinful nature, when you ask Jesus in your heart, the sinful nature is broken. Um, the sinful nature is broken. Your sins are forgiven. Okay, and then you are set free from a master that has controlled you and you don't want him to. How many has ever felt controlled by something? I could never, I could never quit sins. I tried. You, you can't fix yourself up. You have to get redeemed. You, Jesus has to do it. You can't do it. But when Jesus comes in, he destroys the power of the devil. He destroys those things that you can't help yourself. But you ask God to help you. You smear it on the top of the door frames. But, but that's what happens. And then I want you to look at this. It says, and I'm not going to have to preach this because we already did. Then it says this. It said, the same night, roast the meat over fire. Who, who are we roasting? Who's the meat? The lamb. Who's the lamb? How was he roasted on the cross? He, 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 was, he was roasted, okay? Uh, he roast the lamb, and then it says, and eat it with bitter salad. When you eat it, think about the bitter suffering had, but also think about how your life was bitter. Eat it with bitter herbs. Eat it with, so when we do communion, think about how it was bitter for God, but also think about how your life was bitter. How many say my life was bitter? Before I found Christ. So, so you're doing that. And then you eat it with unleavened bread. That means that we're seeking to get sin out of our life. Okay. Um, and, then, and, and then I like this. It says that same night. Uh, do that. Uh, verse 8. If you guys are, are following me. And then it says don't eat any of the meat raw. Or listen to this. Or boiled in water. I asked the Lord. What, why, what do you mean boiled in water? The Lord spoke to me and he said, Brian, as a preacher, don't water down the message. To people that are perishing, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. But to us that are saved, it's the power of God unto salvation. So brothers and sisters, you may not understand and you may, not, you may don't sit and say, why, why, why? Just say yes, yes, yes to Jesus and you'll begin to have a change in your life. Don't water down the gospel. 
You don't hear preaching about the blood or the cross or forgiveness and sin. Everybody's like, how do you want to have a good family? How you, which those things come, but first things first, get the cornerstone of Jesus in your life. Get that cornerstone. But then it says, eat the lamb. Eat the lamb as the worship team is coming. I've already preached that one. On eating the lamb, it says, eat it all. Be, eat it all. Guys, that's talking about the Word. Once you became, become a Christian, the Bible says, the Bible says that as, as babies desire the sincere milk of the Word, as babies desire milk, listen, as babies desire milk, after you're born again, you're going to start desiring the sincere milk of the, everybody say Word. Hey, does a baby have to have milk? Something I noticed when I truly gave my heart to God is I started hungering for His Word. The Bible says man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God. How many know the, the Lord's Prayer? Our Father which art in heaven. How many know that? Your kingdom come. It says give us this day what? Bread is what? Eat the Lamb. The lamb nourishes you. If you struggle with anxiety, depression, and fear, don't just lay down in the valley and give up. If you think that I am not an overcomer, I got some news for you. You better not say that to me. I overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony every day. But the word of my testimony and what's coming out of my mouth is I'm not agreeing with the devil and I'm not agreeing with his lies. I'm agreeing with the word of God and what the word of God says about me and what the word of God says for me and what the word of God's going to do in me. I'm believing that and I'm sowing that and I'm reaping a harvest. I'm reaching a harvest. I'm telling you, people, you, you, people want it easy. There's a God part and there's a you part. Eat. Hey, if you, if you eat corn dogs and hot dogs and buttered popcorn, you're going to get fat. If you don't exercise, you, you're, you're going to have some problems. But if you sow like that, if you sow exercise and you sow eat, eat, clean eating, what's going to happen to you? You're going to have optimal health. Same thing. So, guys, so. So eating the lamb is the word. Last point. Last point is I love this. I love this. Uh, it says this. It says uh, the whole animal, eat the head, the legs. To me, eat the head is renew your mind. Eat the legs is eat the word and start walking right in the Lord. Uh, and the internal organs, Justin, you said your heart was being refined. Eating the word that's refining your internal organs. Must be roasted in fire. Refined. We're being refined. Does that make sense? Do not leave any of it. Whatever you eat. And then it says, here's what I'm closing with. But be fully, here's what got me. Is this on the board? But be fully dressed. You see that? I'm talking about the first communion, the first Passover. Be fully dressed. Have your, have your shoes on. 
Have your carrying stick in your hand. You know what that means? Is that means be ready to walk out of here. Be ready. You've applied the blood to the door. If you're applying the blood and you're getting Jesus in your life, if you're eating the body of the Lamb and the Word of the Lord, then the last thing is there's a victory and you're going to begin to walk out of sin. You're going to be walked out of destruction. You're going to walk out of your pain. And you're going to walk into a new life. This is a picture of new beginnings in a Christian walk. A newness in life. Get your sandals on. Get your clothes on. You know, they left at midnight. They left at midnight. They not only left, they left with all of Egypt's gold and silver and cattle. They left wealthy. Somebody say wealthy. Because it says the lamb must be eaten with haste. With your shoes on. Believers must be quick. Listen to this. The Lord hit me with this. Believers who come to Christ, you need to be quick. Be with haste. Be quick. Eat it with haste. Be, believers must be quick that you want to leave sin. Are you with me? Leave sin. Leave the influences that are influencing you in the wrong way. Put your shoes on. Gird your loins. How many has heard that? Gird your loins with truth. How many has heard that? What that means, gird, your loins are girded with truth in the Lord's Prayer. It means, gird your loins means to get, they wore like dresses. Get your dress tied up because you may be running. You're going to be walking. You're not going to be encumbered. You're not going to be in bondage. And every morning I say my loins are girded with truth. The Word of God girds me and I can run. I'm not entangled with sin. I'm not entangled with bondages. I'm walking. I'm walking out. That, so gird your loins. Feet ready. And staff in hand is this. The authority of Jesus' name. Moses put his staff out over the what? Over the water. And the Lord answered and split the water. Everybody say my staff means authority. So your shoes. How many want to put some walking shoes on today? How many want to walk out of your pain? How many want to walk out of your situation? How many want to walk out? How many want to be not encumbered or entangled? That's the word I'm looking for. Entangled. How many is tangled up? You're, you're tangled up. You can't walk at all. Get your loins girded with truth. The Word of God. Staff in hand. Jesus gave us His name. Worship team, ushers, if you come forward, For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.